We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Alexander, got it! Very nice early post up by Adams working inside. Whistle and one! Oh! And T. Ferg rocking the rim! All right, guys, welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast. I'm your host, Kamiyarm Robbie. I'm doing my first post-game by myself. This post-game podcast is brought to you guys by Manscaped. Pretty good stuff going on over there. Anyways, Oklahoma City Thunder, they play the New Orleans Pelicans this evening. They come away with a victory, 115-104, 115-104. to 104. On this November 2nd, kind of a weird time, 4 o'clock. I mean, there was a no Oklahoma football. Um, there was Oklahoma State football a little bit earlier. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a weird tip time, but, you know, it was, it, was a good, it was a good thing to get a lot of things out of the way. But anyways, for the Pels tonight, no Zion, of course, um, who I still have my own reservations that he is a fat Julius Randle. They came out and said that, his knee injury had nothing to do with his weight, but, I mean, he is the size of an offensive lineman jumping up really high and coming down on the hardwood floor on those knees, so, I mean, you do the guessing here. Um, also, Ingram, he was having a pretty good season so far, and he left early with a injury to his noggin. No real diagnosis there, just, he kind of just left it there wasn't a big deal either they they weren't specifically on it about the broadcast okay see of course no Andre Robertson returned to return to play injury management which I believe will you'll just find out quite soon enough probably I'm I'm just speculating I'm not saying where the injury report that Andre Robertson is likely done in the NBA but again I'm just speculating there's no official report there's no inside knowledge here I'm just saying hey you know what doesn't look good. 
Um, must be nice to collect paychecks and possibly be dating um, Rachel Demida while not shooting the ball at all and also not playing any sort of game. Um, Terrence Ferguson also went out prematurely during this game. They said for flu-like symptoms, um, you know, you could say you could say that, and then he later on had an Instagram post, so maybe he's dealing with some other stuff as well, but we'll talk about that later. And then, of course, no Steven Adams with a leg contusion, which means he has a bruise somewhere on his leg. That's about it. Um, of course, Nerlens was a game-time decision, and he ended up playing and played very well, actually. So let's get into the themes of this game. We have several things going on to this game. The Pelicans were one of the best teams in the league at transition buckets or buckets, uh, fast break points, and they came into, this, into a peak averaging 19 points per game in transition or fast break, and tonight the Oklahoma City Thunder only allowed them 7 total points in transition. That's really big for OKC because the Pelicans, they like to, they're one of the higher scoring teams in the league, and it's because they have a lot of guys that can get buckets, and they have a lot of guys that will just... As soon as you score the ball, they are throwing it, and it's already halfway halfway to on the court. You know, these guys they get buckets really quick. There's always somebody in the corner, whether it's uh, Josh Hart, JJ Redick, Brandon Ingram, etc. They have a lot of guys that are sprint to the other end of the court as soon as something happens on the opposite end. So for the Thunder to only limit them to seven points, which is a season low for the Pelicans, by the way, in transition, um, that's big stuff. You'd you'd see Josh Hart. A few times, and J.J. Redick a few times, and then they get the ball down uh, to the other end of the court, and next thing you know, there's already two or at least one OKC defender back there. Uh, prime example, Josh Hart gets the ball, immediately at the end of the court, almost cherry-picking. Darius Baisley's already back there, and Darius Baisley swats Josh Hart at the rim because they were just so close to scoring. So that's a really, really big deal for OKC that they're playing – through five games, at least, and you can you can you can surmise that OKC seems to be playing pretty nice defense. Um, and Darius Baisley is not a sore eye on defense, and and uh, maybe like the weakest defender on this team so far that you, we can see is probably an Abdul Nader. Now you might say Danilo Gallinari, and that that. that I mean, that's fair. He's not that great of a defender. He's known as not that great of a def- defender, but if you have a Chris Paul, you have a Terrence Ferguson or Hamadou Diallo, you have an SGA, and then a Nerlens Noel or a Steven Adams to start around with you, you're not going to have that too much of a defensive liability. Uh, I mean, it would be nice if you had a Robertson guy, quality guy, but at the same time, it's also nice to have a guy that can create some sort of offense. But yeah, OKC getting back in transition, and they've been playing solid defense all year. Now, some of that stuff is like Mike Conley going like, like what, like 1 of 16? That's not really going to happen for Mike Conley that often. Or the Rockets or the Trailblazers that, I mean, they just they weren't pretty hot at all shooting. And then, of course, they made shots down the end, Most, more specifically the Trailblazers. But, I mean... Oklahoma City defense, it's good, and that's what you want to see. The original Oklahoma City Thunder that really captured and captivated everybody's hearts, you know, the one with Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka, um, Thomas Felicia, Russell Westbrook, all those guys, all those cats, is the one that built a culture on defense, playing really tough defense, and then, of course, having 
the shot making ability on the other end to complement their defense. So defense first, and then of course I feel like, I feel like that you know the Oklahoma City Thunder they lost that along the way from that 2012, 2000, really 2010 team to you know when Russ was the sole guy. And I'm not saying that all of the issues are with Russ, but I am saying that. Russ is now with the Rockets, and now it's Russ and Harden as they're one and two. And I listened, I watched one of their games the other day from a Rockets broadcast, and they said, man, the perimeter defense is a lot worse this year. And I'm just saying, but I'm not saying, uh, but yeah. Oklahoma City Thunder lost that along the way as far as their defensive intensity. And somebody that's really been helping out with their defensive intensity is a Nerlens Noel. Let's talk about this man. I mean, of course, he's not the defensive anchor that Steven Adams is. But today he had six blocks. Six blocks. And not only, you know, of course, swatted the crap out of six players, but altered so many more shots. And, you know, he's not a banger and he's not an anchor like Steven Adams, but he is 100% a shot alterer. He's a guy that affects an offense, especially, you know, guys that are going to drive the lane on you. So, I mean, his presence is so important and his ball skills as far as his hands and getting getting tipped passes that lead to, you know, shrewder easy buckets that you saw at the, at the end of the game today that really sealed the win for the Thunder. His skills on ball and his hands and his touch and altering shots, it's big. It's huge and he's going to get paid and he might be a trade chip for the Thunder this year because he is showing out while Steven has been out. You know, it looks like he is a better defender than Steven Adams so far this year. I'm not saying that he's a better defender than Steven Adams. I'm not saying he's a better player than Steven Adams. But I am saying, so far this year, Steven has looked not that great. And Nerlens Noel has looked like a much better interior presence as far as playing defense and on the pick and rolls, defending that, and just everything else. Uh, offensively, you know, you can't really tell. Uh, Steven's been terrible offensively. Uh, Nerlens doesn't really play offense. He just runs pick and roll and does alley-oops, and that's about it. But defensively, he can get paid. And, you know, it looks like, you know, the Celtics, they need a defensive anchor. And the Celtics, they need a center that can play some defense and some quality minutes. And, you know Nerlens Noel might be that guy. We don't really don't really know what, but Nerlens took less money this year than he had for the Oklahoma City Thunder last year, and it may be be another promise that yet yeah, we're going to showcase you. We are going to play you a lot more. We're going to rest Stephen Adams when you know when when we can. And I believe Stephen Adams could have played tonight. And if you know if Sam Presti knew this Thunder team was a playoff team. I fully believe that Billy Donovan would have played Steven Adams tonight, but of course, it's not. The Thunder are not a playoff team. They're a developing team. The Thunder, the Th- this Thunder team is going to get worse, which is, you know, some Thunder fans are going to be sad to hear. This Thunder team will get worse, and but Nerlens is going to be a guy that is going to play a lot of games, and Steven Adams is going to be able, be able to take off a lot of nights. So there's that. Ham, Hamidou, I almost called him Hamidou, Hamidou Diallo had 12-1-5 tonight. He had one assist, five rebounds, of course, 12 points. This man is, you could say, a rotational player. Um, he is 
Is he a legitimate NBA player? Sure. Yeah, let's say he is. Let's say he's a legitimate guy that you have to kind of watch out for. Um, he's not gonna he's not gonna light you on fire offensively. He's not gonna shoot the lights out of you if you go into a zone and he's one of the guys you have out there. He is not gonna break any part of that zone, but he's gonna do a lot of the things that Andre Robertson did when he came onto the scene. I mean, he's going to play really tough defense, or at least he's going to try. He is hyper-athletic. He's long. He's quick. He actually is developing something that Andre Robertson and Terrence Ferguson haven't done ever in their careers yet, which is handling the ball. Hamadou Diallo is able to handle the ball, and if you're the biggest jump typically for NBA players is between years two and three, and if Hamadou Diallo is just in year two and he makes that big of a jump offensively as far as handling the ball, just driving the ball, getting into the lane, um, I'm excited to see what happens in year three for him. His shot by no means is broken. Uh, just looking at his free throws, his shot is not busted, but his jump shot is completely busted. I don't understand what the deal is with his jump shot. He's got a weird hitch in it. He shoots almost coming down, which like in 2K, it's like if you held the button to shoot for way too long and it just it was completely off. That's what he looks like. It, it's kind of weird. And I'm sure they're working on it, but man, they need to work on that jump shot. But of course, knowing OKC, that's not something they do till year three, a la Jeremy Grant. But um, Hamadou Diallo, guy looks great. Energy, it's going to play intense. He's going to high rise. He's going to screen the crap out of you. He's going to slash. He's going to do a lot of things to help you out. He's going to do everything you do to He's going to do everything you ask him to do. Everything you want in a rotational player, just. My man can't make buckets from the outside. Unless he is within one foot or two feet of the rim, the man is not going to make a shot for you unless maybe it's a free throw. But um, he's something you got to be excited about, He his development. And I would say right now, if it was between him and Terrence Ferguson to survive this OKC rebuild as far as being on the team in two years, I would say Hamadou Diallo is more on the team, more safe to be on the team than a Terrence Ferguson and let's, let's let's talk about Ferguson what happened like what was going on with Ferguson you know he had a good game against the Warriors and then following that not so hot and tonight he went out and it was odd and they you know he had his hoodie zip up zipped up halfway and you couldn't really see his face and the Thunder teams came out and said that he had the flu and that are flu-like symptoms, which of course it is flu season. And then later on after the game, on his Instagram, he posts uh, on a story that there's something going on with his doc- uh, doctor, his daughter. And he said, you know, some, like, I think it was like the devil was messing with his life in some serious ways to pray for his daughter. And I, of course, there's n- we have no clue what's going on, but I think it's a moment to show us that, you know, of course that we've talked about in the Antonio Daniels podcast that we did a long time ago and the Perry Jones podcast that we did a long time ago that these guys are human and they face a lot of things, adversity and things in their personal life that it's not 2K. They deal with things on their own side that we just don't think of and that we just want them to put the ball in the in the hoop and that, that's there's, there's just things that will prevent us from keeping our head on straight. And so... Whether it is just a flu, whether it's his personal business, and 
maybe just a, a combination of both. Yeah, it makes sense why he would be playing like crap. It makes 100% sense. And so whatever it is, hoping for the best for Terrence Ferguson. But Hamadou Diallo, this guy has been impressing me a lot. And um, it's the point where he he just, it, you look forward to seeing him on the floor. So talking about Hamadou Diallo, let's talk about stock up and stock down. And we'll talk about stock up, stock down. And it's brought to you guys by Manscaped, which is the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. So let's talk about Manscaped real quick, y'all. I'm If you've been there, you've been there. Let's say you're in the bathroom, trying to make sure everything looks good as far as your downstairs mix-up and just making sure everything is tidy. Well, I mean, if you're using just like a regular shaver, sometimes accidents can happen. Like, for example, one time I was manscaping and I had an accident and it was it wasn't it wasn't that great. I'm just gonna say it. Have you ever seen there's something about Mary when he like he zips up his pants too fast and gets his balls caught in a zipper and there's like I imagine there's some sores to go with that. That's pretty much what happened. And you know, it's no fun for anybody. So that's why you guys should check out Manscaped because they have redesigned the electric trimmer. Their new thing called the Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer, they won't nick or snag on your nuts, bro. I mean, like, that's something I could've used back then, right? Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And, more importantly, guys, you're not using the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's pretty gross. That's pretty nasty. Manscaped is also has the Crop Preserver which is pretty awesome. It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, guys. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body, especially when you get home? And even just like if you have a if you have an office job, you still get home and those things are sweating. You get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the jobs. Your balls are totally going to thank you guys. So anyways, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Again, make sure you're going to Manscaped. It's 20% off. Free shipping at manscaped.com. Make sure you're using that code BLUEWIRE. So again, let's talk up with stock up. Stock up, stock down. Stock up, of course, I'm just going to say... Hamadou Diallo, because this man does everything. He's going to set screens for you. He's going to clean up the garbage. He is going to dunk the crap out of the ball. He's going to play intense defense, but of course he's going to foul a lot too. As we've seen, he likes to foul, but he's not doing the dumb rookie things that he used to do. The man plays above the rim 24-7. He's an energy guy. He's going to give you his all. He's going to go all out for the ball. And he's intense, and that's what you want to see from a guy that, you know, he's a second rounder. Pick 45. There was only 15 more picks left in the draft, you know, after him. And it's just something that is exciting, especially because you can think of Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant, he was this hyper-athletic, you know, stretch four. And that's you saw his game develop in stages, 
and he started handling the ball and maybe shooting a corner three. And Diallo's already to the point where he's handling the ball much better than anybody that has been playing the two slash three. Diallo's been playing a lot of two, three. And he's handling the ball a lot better than Robertson ever has. He's handling the ball much better than Ferguson ever has. And, you know, a lot of guys that really, really OKC has drafted recently, he's handling the ball much better than them. And he just gets downhill. And so that's something that I'd really like to say, see, and you know, it's stock up on Diallo. Like, why not? The guy is, you know, he had his first double-double the other night, and he goes 12-5-1 again. So it's just, wow, holy crap. Then stock down, Mike Muscala. If Sam Presti is going to visit you in the offseason to get you to join the team, can you at least make more three-pointers than the amount of times Sam Presti visited you? Mike has made one three-pointer on the year. Come on, dude. It's just... The thought about Mike Muscala coming into the season was, okay, he can play four or five. He's made several three-pointers. And career-wise, his three-point is like 30, three point percentage is like 34, 35, which is respectable. It's not garbage by any means. And... Mike is not afraid to fire those threes. That's something that we definitely have learned. And you know what? He's been way off. Like, way off. And I just, I don't get it. Because a lot of his stuff, it's not awkward last second three-point shots. It's in rhythm. It's pick and pops. It's everything. His, almost all of them are wide open. And maybe they need to get him more corner threes than at the top of the perimeter. But man, it's been bad. Now, let's say this. Muscala has been very solid positionally on defense, and that's something that I appreciate about him because he has been solid on defense. We can we can be we can say this about him, but offensively, not very good, and not a guy that you're gonna run the pick and roll with. You know, as far as him getting downhill, he's a guy that you thought was gonna stretch the floor, and if people don't have to worry about him, then they're not gonna jump out to him, and that's really concerning. But we'll see. Anyways, back to themes of the game. You can't talk about this game without mentioning Darius Baisley. 17 and 5. Three threes. Everybody's going to say it. Oh, he's going to be really good. Yes, he looks like he's going to be good. I mean, he's the 23rd pick. Um, and a guy that was really not many not, not, not on many people's radar. And OKC gets him like, oh yeah, maybe he'll play. And then of course all the crap goes down in the summer. Like, okay, he's definitely gonna play, and he's getting a lot of minutes, and uh, he's gonna get a lot more minutes when Danilo Gallinari is traded. And the question I have is: Is he ahead of schedule? Is he on schedule? Is this an anomaly? Because his shot isn't pretty, and. It looks like he kind of has to wind up for that shot and really mentally prepare himself for that shot. And it could be just because he's a rookie. He mentioned Chris Paul saying, you know, after the last game, just, hey, keep up, keep shooting the ball. Just shoot the ball if you're wide open. So he said he had to keep that in the back of his mind. So when he was open, he just shot it. And, you know, out of the six attempts, three of them went in. And one was a buzzer beater. And the one right out of the half was just clean money. So, I mean... If he can get to work on his threes and work a little bit more on finishing, because he gets to the rim, and he had a couple of reverse reverses and that were really nice, you know, underneath the rim. Uh, if he, you know, he's a rookie, 
and he worked at New Balance for a year as an intern, and he didn't play college ball. And once he adjusts to the speed of the game, you know, this is his first year. I wonder what his second year is going to look like. And if your biggest leap is between year two and three, I really am curious as far as what once the NBA figures out who he is, because we're still in that period of time that the NBA has not figured out who Darius Baisley is. And But if he develops a shot and is able to get to the rim and finish at a higher clip, I wonder what year three looks like for him. So I don't think he's ahead of schedule. I don't think he's behind schedule. I think he is a rookie that nobody's really figured out his game yet other than that he's a big that can handle the ball pretty well. He likes to get to the rim. And if he's outside shot, he's probably going to shoot it, especially in the second half of the year without Gallinari. I don't think it's an anomaly. I just think Oklahoma City might have gotten a steal. I think Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City definitely has a guy that's going to get rotational minutes for the rest of his career. You know, and it makes me think back to Oklahoma City spending a pick on Josh Hustis. People forget that Hustis was a first-round draft pick by the Thunder. Now, albeit it was number 29, why are you going to draft and stash a first-rounder? That doesn't make any sense. Hustis was draft pick number 29. Diallo was 45. Baisley is 23, draft pick 23. It's just, it's unreal to me. Anyways, I'm just, I'm just going to make myself really angry over that pick. But let's talk about Nader. Get this man off the court. When I, I saw a tweet today that kind of, I really disagreed with that. They said, Mike Muscala isn't an NBA player. He doesn't belong in the NBA. And I'm thinking, no, he actually plays pretty good defense for OKC. And if he if his shots do drop, I mean, like, yeah, like he's a rotational guy. He's a guy that'll get some spot minutes here and there. Is he like by any means a starter? No, but is Mike Muscala a decent player that is serviceable when you need him in certain spots? Yeah, I would say that. I would definitely would say that. I would say Mike Muscala is a better defender than Patrick Patterson is because he can bang a little bit and he's block he blocks some shots and he's a better rebounder than Patrick Patterson. But I don't think it's fair to say that Mike Muscala doesn't belong in the NBA. What I do think is fair to say that who doesn't belong in the NBA is a Abdul Nader. This man is so bad. Like, it, I've seen players at the YMCA that look better than him. And I, I can say that. And Abdul Nader will walk in the YMCA and just shoot lights out. But it doesn't make any sense as to why Abdul Nader just not good at dribbling the ball touching the ball, he's the worst on defense. It's just, it's no bueno. This man, and he gets and he gets minutes sometimes. Like, I don't understand Billy Donovan's lineups, but his lineups certainly don't need to include Abdul Nader. Just pl- plug somebody else in there. Put Devin Hall in there. I mean, Nader hit a three tonight, I believe, but just put in Deontay Burton. D- don't, don't put in Abdul Nader. He's so bad. Oh my gosh. Just, like, I don't, they when they when Oklahoma City decided not to trade that contract or just dump it because it was not guaranteed, I was so upset because Billy Donovan loves him some Nader, which doesn't make any sense. What does make a lot of sense is Shea Gilgis Alexander, Shevante Gilgis Alexander. He finished the night with twenty three eight and four, and it makes sense that he's playing a lot more minutes this year. He is might be on the candidate list for most improved player just because the amount of minutes he's playing more. It was just that, 
he's got 10 points plus more points this year averaging than he had last year and he's really good and he's so smooth I wish he would play above the rim a little bit more like Hamadou Diallo because uh, he does a lot of stuff underneath the rim he does a lot of scoop shots and that's cool um, but you can just tell he has so much more ability to tap into you can tell that he is going to be such a better player than he is right now in two to three years and he's already there defensively he can be a lot better his shot again he, he has a little bit of a windup and his arc is so high but his his shot form is good yeah, there's no really need to doctor that but it's just the amount of getting his shot off is a little it's not concerning it's just he's a young player they can rework his, the way he shoots the ball and carries the ball because he just brings it up top and just kind of whips it back and it you know it goes in a lot of time because it's a high arc but it's a little bit of a slow release but it's like and you know if you're not a Dragon Ball Z fan or whatever cool but it's like watching him be at the first stage of Super Saiyan and realizing he has so many more levels to him that he can tap into there's a star somewhere in SGA just waiting for the years to fly by as he can tap into that. Now, let's talk about the moment of the night, and it involves a player that I've talked about very frequently on this post-game podcast, and it is Hamadou Diallo. They, there was, they stripped the ball from I don't know who on the Pelicans. Dennis Schroeder passes it forward to Hamadou Diallo, who has an option to pass it to somebody else i can't remember who it was and diallo says nah he looks him he just looks him off and he windmill dunks it or i think sga passes it to diallo and shooter was there and diallo looked him off and he windmill dunks it and in the background you see sga run up behind his former teammate at kentucky and it's like flexing he's screaming these guys genuinely like playing with each other. They're friends. They chide with each other. They even play well together on the floor. And you can tell that they love playing with each other. And you can tell that they are really good friends. And that's just that's your image of the night. That's your moment of the night that I really loved. Because Diallo just, he doesn't just dunk the ball. He gets angry at the rim like Russ does. But he's not afraid to put on a show. He's the dunk champion. He's the dunk king from last year. Why wouldn't he? And unlike Russ, he would participate in a dunk contest. So, I mean, if you're the dunk contest champion, why not throw a windmill down in a game that you're already winning? So that's my moment of the night. I'm going to get to a couple of Twitter questions, and then we'll get out of here. we got a couple. So at Mr. Zipper Ripper, which really applies to my Manscaped story, to be quite frank, uh, with uh, how met, something about Mary and Ben Stiller, he says, is it time that Billy considers starting Diallo. I don't think it's time yet. Um, The thing about Diallo is that we notice he gets downhill a lot, and he gets fouled, which is good, um, because he's not a terrible foul shooter. But if you're starting CP3, Shea, Diallo, Danilo Gallinari, and Steven Adams... You have three guys that can shoot, which is good. Um, but if you really have only one guy that's really going to drive, which is SGA, and you have Steven Adams there as well, 
and you have a guy in Diallo, a guy in Diallo that can't shoot the outside shot, um, there's not going to be much room in the paint for you on offense, and people are going to leave him on 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 defense. So I mean, guys like SGA and especially Steven Adams, it makes their life a lot more difficult. Now, does he do stuff on the defensive end? Yeah. Is he better than Terrence Ferguson on the defensive end? It's hard to say. Ferguson is very good at getting around screens and making himself skinny. Diallo is still not good, very good at that. Diallo, is he a tough on-ball defender? He's he's very athletic, I'll say that. And he can withstand guys that are trying to bully him a little bit more. Terrence Ferguson, on offense, he can't create for himself because he's just not very good at dribbling. He's very stiff, whereas Diallo is very, a very fluid athlete. He's a dunker. And so Terrence Ferguson needs somebody to create offense for him. And it's and he's very awkward at times. It's 100%. But Terrence Ferguson, he's a guy that you can post up in the corner. And you know what? His guy won't leave him that often because Ferguson will shoot the ball. And, you know, when he's having a good day like or a good time, like against the Warriors, Terrence Ferguson, his shot's not busted. He can get the shot off, but he's not getting that many shots a game. And it, it's just different. And it's it's comparing apples to oranges here. These are these are two different kinds of players. And I mean, I'd be intrigued to see what happened if they did start Diallo. But you're not having a lot of shooting in that starting lineup besides you know like because CP3 is not really shooting the ball that much. And Diallo, uh, Shea's gonna hit a lot of mid range and try to drive on you. And if Shea's gonna try to drive and Diallo's out there, it's not gonna be successful. And Danilo Gallinari is really your only outside threat for sure. The next Twitter question comes from at, I'm really going to ruin this, but AnirubHobDev09. I'm very sorry for ruining your Twitter at. Why does Shea cool down in the fourth quarter? I think it's by means of what's happening in the game. Dennis Shooter is in the game a lot at the end. And when you have CP3, Dennis Shooter out there along with a Shea, Dennis tends to dominate the ball, or CP3 does. And, I mean, Dennis actually, in the past five games, the most net positive has been Schroeder. He's been, when he's been good, the Thunder have been good. So I'm cool with that. And you'd like to see Shea dominate the ball more down the stretch, or you'd like to see Shea dominate in games more down the stretch. And I think that's going to come, especially in the second half of the year, when you probably don't have a Dennis Schroeder on the team, when you probably don't have a Danilo Gallinari down the stretch. I think you're going to see that, and you're really going to see him grow in the second half of the year, along with Darius Baisley, along with Hamadou Diallo. But I don't really know. It's situation. You'd like to see him You'd like to see him heat up in the fourth quarter. At the same time, you let the veterans take over and you know win you a game. But at the same time, you'd love to see Shea go out and start winning games for you. But hey, that about wraps me up and is up for the post-game podcast. Again, the Oklahoma City Thunder win, 115-104. to Follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you can get a podcast uh, from Blue Wire Podcast. And, of course, this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Be sure you are trying to get into this jersey giveaway, guys. It is fantastic. I encourage you all to do it. I mean, I want a jersey. I want a free jersey. Uh, we're also on Instagram, Facebook now. Check the pages out. If you're in the Jersey giveaway, then you already checked it out. There's going to be a group podcast on Sunday with all of us together talking about Thunder stuff. We will check you guys later. Last but not least, Thunder up. Bye.